I think it has to do with this attitude that if you are open and honest about issues that you've had with sexual discrimination, it can affect your ability to get hired. It can affect your career. I experienced this myself when I went to business school and I relayed this story to my career advisor in business school. When I was in corporate America, my third year in corporate America, I was working again as a graphic designer and I had to file a sexual harassment case against, it was internal, it wasn't legal or anything, but it was internal against the HR director of the company. Today, I'm talking to Becky Kilnick from The Concept Spot. Hi there. Give us a, a couple sentences about what The Concept Spot is. Sure, sure. So The Concept Spot is a graphic design and web design studio that's been in operation um, in this current phase since 2017, but it was originally started in 2006. And the focus, uh, we, I say we, but it's really just me, uh, is threefold. I sort of work at that intersection of very technical content creation and design. So I do web coding and design. I do uh, pitch presentations for tech startups that are trying to get uh, money from VCs and angel investors and that kind of thing. So I do the visual storytelling as well as the actual design of those PowerPoints. And I also do a lot of technical illustration for any, you know, interactive maps, patents, whatever you need a technical illustration for. So it's that weird kind of marrying a very, very technical engineering stuff with that artistic side of things. Okay, great. So how did you get into this um, industry? I wanted to be an artist when I was growing up and my parents said absolutely not. So <laughs> I went to college for archaeology, which I decided would be the one thing that paid even less. I was like, I'll show you parents. And while I was there, I uh, did took on as many um, freelance or volunteer graphic design jobs as I could to just try and learn. And I then did a graphic design internship with a record label and um, graduated and got a job in design. So I just made up my mind from the get-go from, you know, when I was a teenager that this was sort of the way I would figure out how to be an artist but still make some money. Okay. And I've been doing it ever since. Perfect. Um, so I know that uh, at least in the technology STEM aspect, regardless of business itself, it's always been a patriarchal um, kind of a role, especially for um, these STEM, STEM women, you guys get discriminated against a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was wondering um, if you had any stories where it was kind of a learning experience for you about how the world works or how you were able to rise above. Oh, sure. Well, I, I didn't really experience it too much until I... I had been living in Chicago, went to college and graduate school in, in Chicago, and then um, my husband uh, decided he wanted to go back to school in Daytona Beach, Florida, which sounds great, 
uh, but it was a completely different culture. I mean, in, Ch in Chicago itself, I hadn't really faced that much discrimination, but I was also very much at the beginning of my career. I had worked in industry for three years, and then after grad school, I was a professor, and so I'd always been in these very um, a lot of roles where my authority was sort of assumed, uh, my status was sort of assumed, and then we moved to kind of rural Florida. A lot of people say Daytona Beach isn't, but it, it by, by Chicago standards it was. And I started this business and it was so eye-opening. I would, I mean, it wasn't so much as like trying to close a business deal. I couldn't even get people to give me the time of day. Wow. And um, I was able to get some clients in Orlando, which worked out really well. And that's what supported my business. But when I tried to go locally, I joined the Chamber of Commerce and I would um, go to events and networking events and that kind of thing. And I, mean, I actually had people laugh at me. I, I actually tried to volunteer for some Democratic candidate or something. I was like, I believe in what you're supporting. And they just laughed at me when I gave them my business card. And I, at the time, didn't realize it was because I was a woman. I looked really young. I still look really young. I'm in my 40s, but I've been told that I don't look like that. So yay, I guess. <laughs> but when you're in your 20s and you look like you're 15, it's very hard to get somebody to take you seriously as a business owner, especially when you're asking for thousands of dollars to, you know, manage their, their web account or something like that. So I... I, I get, got increasingly frustrated with it and I started asking my husband to come with me because he didn't believe it. He's like, why can't you get work, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I was supporting him. Like, it was all on me. Mm -hmm. If I didn't get clients and make money, we starved and we couldn't pay the rent. So it, there was a lot of pressure. I brought him along and he started saying, oh my gosh, you're so right. What happened was he when he came with me, people started treating him like my boss mm. and then he and he would just went along with it he's like whatever we have to do to get work he'd, he'd be like oh yeah I will uh I will get that arranged for you and I'll have Becky contact you and that kind of thing but he, he you know we came home and he's like oh my gosh where did we move to <laughs> but it was it was stunning I mean from having people outright laugh at me to asking my husband you know about things that I was doing, asking my husband to, you know, in fact, I even did, um, I joined a church just because I'm not religious, but I just needed a community. I needed to make friends. And I redesigned their program completely for free, just for fun. Um, just, you know, to act of goodwill because he was having trouble getting work. The recession was happening too, and it was Florida. So, and the um, director got up there at the pulpit and thanked the entire like the entire congregation. He said, I want to thank Becky's husband for doing this beautiful program. And my husband's an IT engineer. Like, he wouldn't know how to use <laughs> design software. <laughs> I mean, it was photo editing and all that. And I came up afterward and I said, bud, look, I did that. And he's like, oh, I just didn't think a woman could do that sort of thing. Yeah. And it was, it was so frustrating for me because I had been a graphic design professor before this even happened. And to have people question my abilities was, was I, I, 
I'm glad it's far enough in the past. I'm not bitter about it anymore. It's kind of like, okay, that was a learning experience. And I have learned how to overcome that emotionally and how to basically make sure that I'm dealing with people that that's not an issue. That's kind of how I've had to deal with it. At the time, the way I decided to deal with it was I'm just not going to work with anybody local anymore. I'm only going to take on clients in New York and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Like, and because mm, they were just a lot more, I don't know, progressive <laughs> there. <laughs> so, and I, I knew plenty of people in both of those cities that I could network with. So it just made sense to kind of stick to those two cities. And that's kind of how I, how I dealt with it. So would you have, would you say that as time passed, they've been, become more progressive? At least accepting of women in the STEM field? Um, I don't think so. It's, it's very, well, it's hard to say. I, like I said, I've become very, very selective over who I will work with as a result, but I, I still do get pushback from time to time. And there's, there's that part of me that's like, is it because I'm a woman? Yeah. So um, it's definitely, I did enter back into the workforce for a period of time and the, the pay discrimination was obscene. Mm -hmm. uh, I was basically having to clean up after somebody who was making six times what I was making. Wow. That's, so. that's insane. Yes. <laughs> so I know that um, you did mention how graphic design and art was really your passion. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you be, make that passion into a business? Because I know that a lot of people do, go into a business not expecting to do a lot of things that they end up having to do. So mm -hmm. do you have any of those events where you were like, I can't believe I have to do this when I really just want to follow my passion? Um, it's so funny because I actually discovered there are a lot of things I didn't realize I was going to like before I started doing it. I love closing deals. I love negotiating contracts. I love, um, I mean, to me, that's almost more exciting. And then it's like, oh crap, now I have to do the work. <laughs> I didn't expect to do that. I didn't expect to love it as much as I do. Um, it's not selling per se. It's just like that sort of like final aspect of it where it's like, oh yeah, you, you want me, you're going to sign on the dotted line. Yay. Uh, um, so I, I love that aspect of it. I hate the bookkeeping aspect of it. I hate the taxes. Um, but I, I've actually talked to so many people who wanted to start their own business and they were terrified to do it because of those things. And, and what I always say is, yeah, it's not great, but it's completely manageable and you just come up with a system that works for you and then it's not a big deal at all. And that should not hold you back. You say to the woman you were in 2006, any advice that you've gained across your years of experience that um, if you could go back, you would tell her? Uh, well, I would first say, uh, don't do anything for free. Absolutely. Value yourself. Value what you do. Value your expertise. And everybody around you is going to try to convince you that you're not worth it. And um, I think that happens more to women than anything else. Everybody around you is going to try to convince you that you can't be an entrepreneur, that you can't do this work, even though you know you can because you have 
all this experience and all these degrees in it. Uh, so I would just say, don't listen to that and um, just continue to value yourself and put your, put your own faith in yourself as much as possible. Don't let anybody drag you down. And I think that's been the hardest lesson for me to learn. And it's taken me, I mean, that's, you know, I quit and started again several times. And I think it's because I kept letting those people tell me and I got so sick of trying to fight against that and so sick of trying to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And when I finally said, you know what, if somebody doesn't think that I'm worth it, I just don't even want to deal with them. And uh, yeah, and I mean, if somebody comes back and tries to undercut my price, I don't even respond to them, which is not very professional, but <laughs> I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, yeah, you don't want to deal with me. I gave you my price. I'm not negotiating. I'm worth it. And I found that once I started raising my prices and really raising my prices and pushing, here's another piece of advice I would tell myself 25 years ago. I would say, when you negotiate or you try to get a client or you try to get a deal, don't try to get to yes for them to say yes. Try to get to no. You push and push and push. And when they finally say, no, that's too high, then you know what the maximum is that they're willing to pay. And that's usually a lot higher than you think it is. And just, just keep, you know, you know, you know your value, you know what you're worth. Uh, you have a very, very specific skill set that n very few people in the world actually have. Take pride in that and value it and get, get paid what you're worth. I think it has to do with this attitude that if you are open and honest about issues that you've had with sexual discrimination, it can affect your ability to get hired. It can affect your career. I experienced this myself when I went to business school and I relayed the story to my career advisor in business school, when I was in corporate America, my third year in corporate America, I was working again as a graphic designer and I had to file a sexual harassment case against, it was internal, it wasn't legal or anything, but it was internal against the HR director of the company. I think it has to do with this attitude that if you are open and honest about issues that you've had with sexual discrimination, it can affect your ability to get hired. It can affect your career. I experienced this myself when I went to business school and I relayed the story to my career advisor in business school when I was in corporate America, my third year in corporate America, I was working again as a graphic designer and I had to file a sexual harassment case against, it was internal, it wasn't legal or anything, but it was internal against the HR director of the company. And it was a very frustrating experience for me. I was 23 years old. I was concerned that if I didn't take action and nip this in the bud, then it could destroy my career because this guy could have just shoved me down and put anything on my record. He was a very well-respected HR person and basically in charge of my uh, 
my raises and my career, if I were to stay at that company. And I relayed the story to my career advisor in business school, and she told me to promise her I would never tell a soul about it because it would destroy my career. And that in itself was shocking to me because I, it just never occurred to me that, that that would be an issue. I just thought it was a, you know, an interesting story about my past. But she said, no, women who admit to you know, filing any sort of charges or having to go to HR and creating a stink like that are seen as troublemakers and whistleblowers and companies don't want to deal with that. It's messy. Uh, they would just rather not even have you there. So if you, if you let out that that happened to you, you'll never get another job anywhere. So clearly, I don't care. <laughs> and also, she did relay this to me. It was about a decade ago when I was in business school. So I don't know if the climate has changed. Mm -hmm. But I know that you know, I, I think it's, it's sort of come out that almost every woman has experienced something like that. I know you offered a lot of uh, different advice, but for my last question, I wanted to know if you had any general advice for the future female business owners that are listening to this. Well, that's a big one, you know, <laughs> don't, you know, be sure, you know, not know your value, but trust in your value, I guess. And don't let anybody tell you that it's, not that and I mean that that does take time you know when you are first starting out if you don't have any experience you probably just can't walk into a boardroom and say I want a hundred thousand dollars for a website you know you, you you do have to know the industry to an extent to know what that value is but once you know what it is don't let anyone undercut you just because you're a woman don't let anybody convince you that you're not worth it um, the other piece of advice I would give is um, don't be afraid if you're a mom. Mm -hmm. I, I see this this is so rampant and it drives me crazy. If you're a mother and you're trying to run a business, you need to think about that business as a job. Don't think that it's something that you you have to find, you know, it's a luxury and you have to find time for it in between babies napping or kids being at school or something like that. Treat it like you would a regular job and then do what you would need to do, uh, whether it's childcare or getting help around the house or um, making sure that your husband comes home at a certain time so you can go to work, those sorts of things. Uh, just, just treat it like a real job. I think a lot of times women, especially mothers who start their own businesses, get into this sort of, oh, well, the business is, it's, you know, it's just my passion and I'm going to just put it on the back burner. It's not really that important because it's not a real job and my family comes first. And yes, your family is very important, but if you really want that business to grow, you need to treat it like a job and do everything that you would do for a corporate job. To make to make it work to be successful and then you do that and you're going to make so much more money than you would have ever made <laughs> if you had just you know gone and gotten that regular job but you, you have to treat it like that and you have to again it's about having faith in yourself and and trust in yourself and trust in your abilities okay thank you for that amazing advice um thank you for being on this i sure. love your stories of discrimination that's very hard to come by 
Um, oh, really? <laughs> well, to come by for people to like, you know, admit to and amplify it so other people can learn from your experiences. I think that's really, really brave of you to say. Thank you so much for sharing it with us.